0: Here, take my back radio. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spud, isn't he?
1: I think he can hear you right now. I, I that made
0: that a money. That did it! Welcome. For No More Radio, you are listening to The Cave, a weekly podcast looking at the best and worst in pop culture from yesteryear to tomorrow. Hello, guys, wherever and wherever you are in the world. My name is Shane Adamzak, and with me, as always, is the Wayne to my Garth, the Mario to my Luigi, and the Butthead to my Beavis, Mr. Paul Grabovac. Oh-ho! buddy! <laughs> How's it going bud? It's actually been uh, a little while since we recorded the last episode So it's uh, good to hear your voice again Yeah, it's funny how
2: time and space work like that But um, I've been pretty good um, You may have heard in the last podcast that I was heading out on holiday And I've been to Las Vegas and I uh, went Las through Vegas. to Europe um, Had a really cool holiday, saw a lot of dogs and a lot of beautiful people of the world So shout out to all the beautiful people in the world uh also, today's kind of my birthday, so
0: it's your birthday you're a yeah. handsome birthday boy so it really is,
2: uh I want the people to respect what i I do for them, how I suffer, and give up my birthday time for you lovely lovely people
0: yeah, that's right he's here working slaving over a hot laptop Oof, it burns to bring it burns my life this way
2: sitting on my lap. <laughs>
0: Yeah, how do you feel? You, you, are we allowed to say how old you are, or is it painfully embarrassing for Oh, you? look, I'll just say I'm 30 and 36 months old. Uh-huh. Oh my word. <laughs> how are you oh, doing, boy. Shane Arena? But- I'm pretty good, man. I'm currently in Canada, which, as we all know, is one of my favourite places in the world. I'm actually... I'm in Whistler, because I've actually have a, a, a week or so off between Fringe Festivals. So, uh, John, the guy I'm touring with, we've come to Whistler, which is like the tourist capital of Canada, man. There's nobody here but other Australians. Gross. Uh, also, St. Uh, St. isn't it, a real name. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it is kind of painful, to be honest. But this place is actually really nice. We're, we're kind of like at a, a mountain tourist resort. Uh, sort of just living it up for a few days. And today we're, we're actually, we're gonna try, um, golfing for the first time. We're gonna go to the driving range and hit some, uh, hit some golf balls. Which I assume I'm very good at. Probably. There's absolutely no reason why you can't use a long stick with a long big thing at the end
2: of it and, uh, just hit a little ball straight.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'll give you a golf update next episode. Uh, another thing I've been doing in the last couple of weeks, which is, quite dangerous to be honest since uh you, you know I'm a, a toy collector and mm-hmm. I love vin- my vintage toys i've started i've started collecting vintage star wars figures oh uh, no which is a very dangerous game paul yes it's a dangerous game and look i i've promised myself i'm not going for any of the like high end mint on card ones i'm just getting like sort of loose figures just for display just for you know just for a nice uh looking display somewhere in the nerd cave um and i'm just going to collect like the basic figures you know all the main characters at least that's what I told myself until the other day when I went and bought motherfucking Lobot. Nice. Which I don't know if you guys remember Lobot. He's basically uh um the sidekick in the castle of Lando in the castle um kingdom. The yep. castle kingdom? The castle. The, cloud cal- kingdom, the kingdom. It's a it's a kingdom yeah.
2: in the clouds. It's where Princess Peach is. I'm
0: getting lives. I'm getting my star I'm getting my Star Wars and my Mario's mixed up, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so he's basically the sidekick of Lando Who's like the bald dude with the wraparound headband Yeah, in. the sick uh, headband Very much, very much not a main character Anyway, so that's where I'm at Great, uh, well look, that's collecting. how drug addiction starts, Shane So good luck You just have a little toke And then all of a sudden you've bought yourself a low bot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, A lot of things have been happening They've been announced, uh, it's a few weeks ago now But there's going to be a Rocketeer sequel mm-hmm. Called The Rocketeers You excited about that? Uh, as long as it's
2: about a bunch of cheerleaders called the Rocketeers uh,
0: Well, kind of This time I believe the lead's going to be a, a black female Rocketeer mm-hmm. um, But the title leads me to believe that there's going to be maybe a group of Rocketeers I'm excited to see how it happens it's, a, it's not quite a reboot, it's not quite a sequel It's somewhere in between, it's one of those ones
2: Great, well hopefully everyone gets really angry that they've cast a woman That would be great
0: Yeah yeah, that'd be great. Let's kick a stink about it unnecessarily and just ruin everybody's time. What a great idea. Um Actually, speaking yeah. of uh, vintage toys, you've rem- reminded me back in my
2: nerd cave, I've actually got a Darth Vader carry case. It's like a Darth Vader head. It's really big. It's like ah. the size of an oversized laptop. But when you open it, it has slots for all those it's classic vintage toys. And I was doing I know exactly this. what you're talking about. Why? Because you bought one?
0: Because I just bought one. <laughs> uh, just bought
2: uh, one. Well, look, mine was given to me as a gift. Uh, my nice. friends who gave it to me unknowingly bought it at an op shop, uh, like a Salvo store. And inside yeah. were about 15, like, original 1977, obviously out of the box, uh, characters. Um, no. Yeah. Oh and my God. So I've got in there, That's I've got awesome. a Han, I've got a Leia, uh, I've got a Vader, a Chewie. I've got all these sort of rando robots and stuff, so we're going to have to like compare our collections when you get back.
0: I think we're going to have to. This could be this could be the cave versus cave vintage Ooh. Star Wars collection uh, competition. That might have to be our first uh, video cast as well. I like it. We'll both we'll both bring our Darth Vader heads, We'll crack them open, <laughs> and we'll see who's got what. Done. Uh, I caught The Killing Joke uh, the other night. It was playing at a cinema near where I am. Uh, The animated DC movie adaptation of the Alan Moore graphic novel. Yep. Um, And i got to say, it was... Pretty, it's pretty good. The, the strangest thing is, and I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but there's about 20 minutes of additional material added to the start of the story, which oh, is really? giving a bit of a backstory to, uh yeah, to to back to Batwoman and Batman, uh, sort of going on adventures and having a bit of a relationship. Um, it's not part of the original canon, not part of the original graphic novel. It's added on just to give a bit more flesh, a bit more character to Batgirl. Okay, but um, is that
2: story drawn from what you sort of? Like, basically, people theorise or, you know, say this is probably what happened before? Uh,
0: well, there are there are certain Batman stories that involve a bit of a relationship with them. This is the first one that I've seen that's sort of been adapted to the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if you're watching it on DVD, I would if you're really just keen to see a really faithful adaptation of the graphic novel, skip the first 20 minutes and just start where the graphic novel starts. Right. It's, like, it's fine. The first bit's fine. It gives a bit... It fleshes out Batgirl's story a bit more. And, it, you know, because she's in the, the Killing Jokes for such a brief amount of time, you you want to have some backstory if you don't already know sure, it. Sure, sure. Um, and yeah, it's fine. But honestly, the rest of the film, which is just the adaptation of the graphic novel, is is almost just shot for shot faithful. And, you know, one of the things that we quite often complain about with, you know, a Batman versus Superman, yep. Suicide Squad, basically all the DC movies is <laughs> how they stray from the source material. And if that's one thing that bugs you, then you're going to love the killing joke, if you love the ki- killing joke, because this is pretty much just shot for shot the killing joke.
2: Uh, well, in that case, I'm probably really going to like it.
0: You've got Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill returning as the Batman and the Joker. I mean, their voices are just amazing. They're the iconic yeah, Batman and Joker. They, from the they are the dream team. The games and it's amazing. Um, so yeah, if you if you love the book, check out the Killing Joke animated film. It is it is really good. And if you've never seen the story before. Um, yeah, give it a look. It's, it's dark, you know, it's not a feel good Batman story. <laughs> not that a lot of them are, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bummer, but it's, it's well told and it's got the origins of the Joker in there. The voice talent is amazing. Yep. The animation is really cool. It's worth checking out.
2: Yeah. Cause people can uh, go in love. quite sort of confused as well because you've got the word, you know, killing, uh, there where you're like, Oh, that seems a bit dark, but then you've got the word joke. Like okay, so it might be kind of (laughs) lighthearted,
0: but it's it's not it's not at all. It's yeah, it's it's not a feel good romp. That's for sure. There is a reason it's rated uh, R. Um, Speaking of things that might upset you, Paul, I don't know if you've heard about uh, this—the latest update on Transformers Five. The last night, have you heard about this? I don't know, but is it going to be the last Uh, night of my life where I have to see Transformers? It it might. uh, the character of King Arthur has just been cast in Transformers Five. No, yes, then, King you know, Arthur from the, you've, from you've Knights of the Round up. Table. No, you've got the no, no, mixed no, up. no, no. <laughs> I thought as well, but no, no, no. This film is going to feature Merlin and King Arthur. We're going to find out that Merlin's magic was all derived from some sort of uh, ancient Decepticon power source, and everything you ever loved is once again destroyed by Michael Bay. Okay, look, um, I'm giving up. You're welcome. Uh, I'm done. You're Thanks. welcome, the internet. We're done. We're
2: done. We all asked for this, but uh, we're done. I'm done. It's done. We're but finished. Don't worry, it's over.
0: Marky Mark. Well, Wa- Marky Mark Wahlberg's in it again. So is he King Arthur? Brace yourselves. Or is he? Merlin? No, he's not. He's, he's Marky Mark once again. God Almighty! You know what I want? I want a sequel to the
2: big hit because that was Marky Mark's finest work. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yep. Great. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, oh my god. Um, oh right. my god. Like so what's going to happen? Yeah, We're going to have a, a flashback up. and be like, "Oh, I'm King Arthur." And like what? What?
0: Yeah, it's not 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 necessary. Like I always say, just remake the goddamn animated Transformers movie into live action shot for shot, use the exact same soundtrack. That's that's what I want. That's what please. anybody wants. I'm using my manners. I said, please. <laughs> Uh Anyway, we should talk about what's coming up on the show today uh, Paul, we're going to be talking Stranger Things in just a moment yes. We're going to be talking tattoos Uh I'm going to catch up with my good friend Peter Carlone from uh Canadian comedy duo Peter and Chris We're going to talk Suicide Squad We're going to have some questions from the audience And we're going to talk about our challenge from the last episode mm. um, But before we do over one last thing A few weeks ago, we were talking positive tweets Yep Do you remember this? Sure do Your challenge was to help better the world via the uh, medium of Twitter. Your solution was just to send out positive tweets with the hashtag positive tweet. Yeah, that's right. right. I was going to bring world peace. And you know what? I just, in preparation for this episode last night, I sent out a bunch of positive tweets. Yeah. And and I didn't make anything up. Uh, I didn't embellish anything. I just picked a few people on my Twitter feed and just sent them a tweet about how great I thought they were. And I woke up this morning and I had a bunch of people on Twitter that were just feeling real good about life. Yep, that's how positivity so, works, people. It's real simple, and you, you know you don't have to just listen to the episode. You can do it any time you want. Just choose someone on your Twitter feed that you like, you admire, you think is doing great stuff. Just send them a nice positive tweet. Tell Mm -hmm. them that you they've done something that's made you laugh or has brightened your day or has inspired you artistically and hashtag positive tweet. Make it happen. Hashtag positive tweet that shit. Make your dreams come true with a positive tweet. Hashtag positive tweet. It'll make you feel good. It'll make you feel good. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. We were talking, uh, adventure movies from the 80s. We were talking bike gangs. Yeah, we were. Uh, and how those things were really cool and it made us feel really good about the 80s and how that was a really fun time. And then this show pops up on Netflix, Paul. Out of nowhere. From Stranger Things. Oh my God. As if I call, it was just, it was manifested by everything we wanted to happen.
2: Yep. I have to big uh, give a huge shout out to the Duffer Brothers. They've created, like the love child of like E. T., uh some Stephen King novel and I don't know, not not Teen Wolf. But what's another like eighties teen horror movie? It's
0: just it's Well a... it's got I mean it's got it's got elements of like the Goonies, like stand by me, even Alien a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe even like the, the X Files a little bit in there. It's like a love letter to the eighties and eighties cinema, I guess. It's like, if you love those action-adventure movies about a bunch of kids on bikes, going on adventures, trying to solve a scary crime, you got to check out Stranger Things. It's amazing. Absolutely. I mean, not only is it
2: set in the greatest time of all time, but it... 1983,
0: motherfucker! What's up?
2: Um, But it's also well-written, it's well-acted, it's well-shot, the director of photography on this thing is awesome. The editing is awesome. Winona Ryder is so good. And, and the,
0: the boys in it, the kid actors are just phenomenal. Oh man, the kids in this, uh, phenomenal. And like you said, Winona Ryder playing uh, a mum now. Ever since she played Spock's mum, now she just plays a mum, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's great. And yeah, the, the, the child cast in this, they're all so good, especially, uh, the kid that plays, uh, 11. Her name is, uh, Millie, Millie Bobby Bob Brown. Brown. Yep. Uh, ah, oh, she's amazing. Like all the kids are such strong actors. And what I love about it, uh, especially is they're all unknowns. Like they weren't banking, like other than like Winona rider. there's a pretty much a bunch of unknown actors in this film. More or less. I mean, pe- people like, uh, David Harbour, uh, he's, he's been
2: around for a while. Matthew Murdine was yeah, in, yeah. um, uh, the last Batman movie with, uh, Christian Bale and things yep. like that. But yeah, the kids like Gaten, um, Matarazo, who plays Dustin was oh, man. the best. what a he, dude! He stole my heart in the most beautiful way. Like, what an absolute hero.
0: Yeah, just, like, really strong actors. You can really see that they're really committed to the roles. Mm-hmm. They just, as an ensemble, just works so well together and just really creates that sort of, again, Goonies-esque sense of uh, friendship and a team and adventure. And it was just so much fun. Adventure is definitely the biggest part of it,
2: where, like, whenever you experience the world that they live in through the eyes of the kids, that's when I think you connect with it the most. Yeah. Just the language that they use and the way 11, just the way 11 is sort of answering questions that we have,
0: like the kids will ask 11 and were the kids in a lot of ways, just trying to figure this out. And then you've got that next level of the, uh, the teenager characters as well who are also going through their own stuff. And then you've got Barb, who I think we can all agree is one of the best characters ever, <laughs> even though she's not in it for very long. Yeah, but she's, she's, she's come out of this as the social media queen. She's won. She won the internet. Oh, absolutely. She's that classic sort of like, uh, awkward nerdy best friend to the other girl who's also kind of nerdy but is trying to be cool. A little bit like freaks and geeks almost. Yeah, I got a bit of a Millhouse vibe from her. <laughs> yes, is de- uh, Marv, uh, Barb is definitely the millhouse of Stranger Things. Um, yeah, and it's just beautifully shot. I mean, it's not it's not dragged out too long. It's eight episodes, uh, and each one leaves you with just that little cliffhanger that makes you go, "Ooh, I've got to keep watching." I mean, I marathon this shit in like two nights, man.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I when I was away in Europe, I watched it. I think five episodes in one night. Watched the rest of the next morning, and then proceeded to show everyone I bumped into. I watched it three times while I was away. It was so good. And that soundtrack, that soundtrack, the music, even the opening credits, like the second the opening credits started in the first episode, I was sold. I'm like, that's it. We're done.
0: I'm sitting here for the rest of this. Let's go. I heard that real Stephen King S Synthesizer and I was just like, "Oh, this is going to be good. This oh, is going to yeah. be a good show. These guys know what they're doing." And I mean, the Duffer brothers are relatively new, man. Like they haven't done they haven't done a lot. I, I had to look them up, and they've they've done uh basically before Stranger Things they did a film called Hidden mm-hmm. uh and, a, and another uh episode, some episodes of Wayward Pines. Um So there you go. Well, they've knocked it out of the park here. I mean, they didn't direct every episode,
2: but the sort of story and sort of story play came from them. And uh, as much as I actually kind of wanted this to be some sort of standalone one season magical thing, there is going to be a season two and I I, I can't wait to see it. But at the same time, little disappointed that they couldn't just, much like the way I thought Prison Break should have been one season, they couldn't just say, look, this is our (laughs) story that's it, it yeah. enjoy it and we'll go do something else now
0: you know also you know Prison Break is coming back right yeah after they killed the main yeah, character that, he's coming back I uh, yeah that, that show I loved Prison Break for about one season and I was like alright they've escaped and then they're in prison again yep. and then they escaped again and I was like how many times are these gonna have to, guys going to have to escape three it was three uh, times they had to escape <laughs> just so but then they went off to you know Central City and joined the Flash cast and then Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, but does he does he still have those cool tattoos? No, he does not. He just has a cold gun. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um. Yes. Yeah, so Stranger Things, if you haven't checked it out, it's on Netflix. Uh, if you don't have Netflix, look honestly, it's worth trialling it for a month for free just to watch Stranger Things. Yep. And also Bojack Horseman. Oh, don't make me cry. Oh, so good um, Alright, so moving on from Stranger Things I want to talk about some Stranger Things That have happened uh, to me recently, Paul oh. uh, Are you noticing hair where there wasn't hair before? I'm getting funny feelings about girls that I never had before mm-hmm. uh, You know, I've got my mood is always shifting I think I'm getting my puberties Wow, <laughs> congratulations buddy, I knew you'd get there I have a new theory, Paul And tell me if I'm wrong Please You're wrong If you are a man Or a woman I suppose Yeah And if you can do a wheelie On a bike Mm -hmm. On a bicycle Right You can do a cool wheelie That's going to impress me Up until about the age You are 30 Okay Right And I'm talking about A really cool wheelie And you're riding along For about 100 metres Doing a wheelie Sick wheelie Super cool Sick sick wheelie If you're a kid That is hella cool If you're a teenager Hell yeah Show me a wheelie I believe, and this is based on something that I've seen several times recently, if you are between the ages of 30 above, doing a wheelie no longer is cool. (laughs) It just becomes like, oh, this guy is just sad. Okay,
2: so the person doing the wheelie is no longer cool.
0: I don't think. If you're over 30 and you're trying to impress me by doing a wheelie, you are hitting the wrong audience. But, (laughs) but, and there is a but to this, if you're over 70... So between 30 and 70, unimpressive. But once you're 70 and above, if you can do a wheelie and a bike, once again, I'm totally impressed.
2: <laughs> look, I What do you think, Paul? I am, kinda am like, I wrong? Look, I've never actually had time to reflect on it, but now that you say it, it's starting to make a lot of sense. You know? I'm
0: seeing too many dudes in their 30s doing a wheelie. Who are you trying to impress? I think they're get trying to impress wife, themselves. Get a job, get some I'll get your life together. This doesn't impress me anymore. This is this is their
2: answer to a pre midlife crisis. It's just like oh, <laughs> I can't afford a Ferrari, but I have this sweet bike. I, I used to be able to do cool wheelies. Oh, bro.
0: <laughs> anyway, that's just something that's been just grinding my gears, Paul. Just some of my own thoughts and musings. I'm putting a ban on it. I'm, I'll lower it. I'll I'll be reasonable between the ages of 30 and 60. No wheelies. In
2: I've got to public. say, I've never seen an elderly uh, person do a wheelie.
0: Have you? But you'd be you'd be impressed, right? If you, were oh, a I'd be hella impressed. You Are you kidding? Yeah, especially if it was like someone's grandma. That would really... I'd be like, that is a cool grandma. And the like to think that they haven't done it since they were a kid. They're like, oh yeah, still got it. <laughs> then they go home and it's cool like
2: arthritis. Oh.
0: You know what else is cool? Uh, ice cream Ice cream is cool Igloos. Tattoos Tattoos Igloos. Yeah, tattoos are cool Because I want to talk to you about your tattoo Because without consulting me Without telling me Y'all went off and you got a tattoo It's didn't my you? body, Dad I can do what I want <laughs> Um, I want to talk about your tattoo Tell everybody what you got Because <clears throat> I think it's great Uh But I, I didn't know about it until Like a week or two after you had it yeah, well, look, uh, people like surprises. Um, I,
2: I wouldn't say I always wanted one. Um, in right. so much as I always told myself if I ever found an image or a symbol that I liked enough, yeah. I, I would know when that moment would come and then I'd get one. And that essentially sure. happened to me. I can't remember why I was looking, but I was doing a Google image search for the Nintendo 64 logo and. Sure. You know, because it's a great logo. I used to draw it in my
0: books, in my school books, in like year ten, and um, right next to like the rusty logo and the Stussy symbol.
2: Yeah, I mean they're just the they're just standards that you have to go with with life. And um, yeah. hashtag Stussy symbol never dies. And um, <laughs> hashtag Rusty for life. <sighs> whatever, mate. Uh, billabong child. Anyway, um, I was looking and I found this one image, which was like a wireframe model. Of the Nintendo 64 logo and all the colors were like really sort of like pastels and wherever there was a color overlay, there'd be a shade change and it became this intricate sort of like stained glass Picassoian thing that I just immediately fell in love with and adored and I went, holy shit, I need this in my life, but I didn't just want to you know, a poster or a printout or a postcard. It, it, it literally just went, that's it. That's the image. I want that on my body because it's not just the beauty of the image. It's that I associate the Nintendo 64 console for making me the nerd I am today. It was the first console I ever owned outside of a uh, Sega game gear, uh, Sega yeah, game sure. gear for fucking life. Uh, shout out to player one here in Perth. Who fixed my Sega Game Gear, and I can play all my old cool games again, like Columns and uh,
0: The Lion King. Um, oh man, yeah. If you're if you're in the search for some vintage games, make sure you check out yeah Player One. Yep, 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 yep. And um, yeah,
2: I bought the console with my own money. I worked really hard to get the money, and ah. I did it. I bought it. I got Mario sixty four, which again blew my fucking mind, and yeah. I played it for hours. I would play everything like Banjo kazooie Bomb uh Blast Corpse, which eh, is only okay. Um, Heretic there was <laughs> there was even a StarCraft sixty four and it wasn't that bad. There were just so many games and I played them all. I absorbed them all, I lived them, I freaking Goldeneye, them. man. Oh, I well, without a doubt. Goldeneye was just Obviously. Like, yeah, it goes without saying. It lives it lives on to this day. Like my 64 is still connected to my TV and the cartridge that's in it is GoldenEye. Um, you need to have it on hand. You've got to,
0: and you have a nice big screen now, so you can do that four player shit. Yeah. Come on over. I'll beat your ass. Um, and I then there's, trying to there's play Mario it.
2: Kart as well, Mario Kart 64, which like oh, changed yeah. the world again. I mean, obviously the original was good, but this was that sort of leap that made everyone go, fuck. And yeah, I am the gamer that I am because of this system and. The second I saw that image, I knew that's what I wanted. So I slapped it onto my body uh, for a, a lovely price. Uh Shout out to Hold Fast Tattoos. It's a nice $400 job. And they even threw in a little Assassin's Creed tattoo that I have on the side of my middle finger. Uh, because I love the Ezio series of Assassin's Creeds, And that character speaks to me so much that, yeah, I'm really proud to have that on my body as well.
0: Cool, man. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm pretty. I mean, obviously, I would have liked to be been consulted first and to go along with you and hold your hand. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it, man. I think it's really cool, and it's like it's something that means a lot to you, and I think that's really important. Uh, so, from a really well thought out, meaningful tattoo mm-hmm. uh, to the tattoo that my cousin recently got, uh, I don't. I'm sure I've told you about this already, Paul, but my cousin uh, who has quite a lot of tattoos, basically all all down both of his arms and most of his legs as well. Oh, like Prison he Break. He asked me, like Prison Break, but without any sort of function in terms of getting out of a prison, should that happen, right. uh, he asked me to design a tattoo for him which was quite a daunting task. Uh, okay. He was basically, he gave me no no rules, just he wanted it to do it sort of in the style of these cartoons I draw for this website called Something's Not Right in the Playground. So he wanted it in the style of that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he said, it's it's up to you, man. Just draw me a picture, give it a caption, and I'll get it tattooed. No restrictions, whatever you want. Wow. Um, you know, and I know my cousin, Josh, and he's an impulsive lad. And I knew that whatever I drew... He was going to get it tattooed on himself. So this was like a big pressure thing for me. <laughs> so basically the image... And I, I'll post this up on our, our Facebook and Twitter and, and the like uh, for you guys to see. The image is basically... It's an image of a cartoon version of him looking at a smaller tattoo of the same image on his arm. And it, the caption is... Josh. Instantly regretted letting his cousin design his new tattoo <laughs> with my with my signature. Uh, so basically, the idea it's a bad tattoo that he gets tattooed, and it's sort of a babushka doll effect of tattoo. Um, I love it, and he's he got it done. It's for sure on his arm forever now. Amazing. Um, so that was one of the stranger things that happened to me in the last couple of weeks was my cousin has my artwork now officially on his body. So I'll, I'll post that up on our uh, our pages so you guys can take a look at the crazy tattoo that my cousin got. All right. Uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about tattoos at the end of the episode. But right now, Paul, I'm going to throw to an interview I did earlier this week um, with Peter Carlone. Uh, who's a good friend of mine from Canada He does the fringe circuit every year He's part of the Canadian duo That have won lots of like uh, Canadian comedy awards And the Just for Laughs award They're called Peter and Chris and They do really funny two man shows mm-hmm. And this is the Peter half of that uh, duo And we talked Suicide Squad And I simply asked him just one question Why was Suicide Squad So bad?
1: From my professional opinion as a movie watcher, (laughs) uh, they tried to make a movie for all of the movie watchers. Ah. They were like, we got to make everybody happy with this gritty reboot. And I think, I, have you read about it very much? There was something to do with the first trailer that came out. Mm. And the, and it was uh, too dark, I think. It was too gritty. And people were like, "Uh, here we go again.
0: Well, we talked about this a little bit uh, a few episodes ago on the podcast about the Deadpool effect. The yeah. Basically, when Deadpool came out, which was rated R, and it was basically a very different, funny comic book movie. Yeah. And that was while Suicide Squad was still very much in late production. And they went back and reshot to add more comedy.
1: Yeah, I so think that was part one of many of the problems. Yeah, and then the other part that I had read about is that they so the original trailer came out and it was gritty and it was dark and it was like Zack Snydery. Sure. And 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 people were, and some people, I think probably the hardcore fans were like, "Oh, cool." And then there was another cadre of fans that was like, "Meh." But the general public reaction was like, "You know, Deadpool is pretty good, though." Yeah. And so the people were like, "Fuck. Okay. So they or do we say swears on this?" You can <laughs> say any swears you like. <laughs> so they they were like, Uh, let's, let's do something with this movie, with this trailer. Let's get the trailer recut and so, or another trailer basically made. So they went to a company that remade the trailer Mm. and filled it with a bunch of like pop music. They really, really did. Yeah. And, and what ended up happening from this is, you know what? And like you might have to research this or, or edit me out or whatever. So, but I'm pretty sure what happened was that the company that cut the second trailer was then asked to do a cut of the film oh because they were like wow this is great so we're gonna try to add more comedy in it with the reshoots and stuff like that yeah and we'd like it to have a more Deadpool-y vibe to it so can you guys do a cut of the film so they had the original cut which was gritty and dark Mm -hmm. and story heavy and blah 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 but then they had the this company that makes trailers cut a whole film wow which was apparently a mess as well. Which is why
0: the film just feels like
1: one long trailer. Yeah, in a way, but what they did was apparently they took both the films and the things they liked from both of them put together a Frankenstein film that we know and love today as Suicide Squad.
0: Oh boy, and I mean, my one of my favourite interviews with Jared Leto was when they asked him how he felt about so many of his scenes as Joker being (laughs) cut, and he actually goes, oh, are any of my scenes even left in the film? And he's so cut about it.
1: Yeah, he's so upset about it, but there's also, like, I don't have too much love for that guy, because, like, oh. fuck Jared Leto, but, what, like... <laughs> yeah, what what did you think about his portrayal of the Joker? <laughs> I think he did a very good job at uh watching... Uh, Heath Ledger do it <laughs> and then he did a very good job at looking like he thought he was doing a very good job like you know what I mean yeah he, you can see
0: his, his character wh- yeah
1: the whole thing is like you can see behind his eyes yeah. Jared Leto is going I am acting so well I right feel like now. he was yeah he was like coming the whole time in his pants he was like This is, I'm so good oh I'm really I'm so mythic. and nothing kills acting than like you can if you can see the actor f- th- knowing that they're really good
0: Yeah, I mean, this movie was just filled with editing holes, and just like every scene had a brand new music (laughs) track behind it, like we just needed like some top 40. Every 10 seconds. like, come on, just chill out. Holy crap. Just let the
1: song fade out. Just give us a break. The biggest thing my buddies and I took, because I have this, uh, another tradition of movie watching when I go to Toronto, where we go to a dumpling house on Mm -hmm. College Street. Okay. Eat Our absolute fill of dumplings, like too many. Yeah. And then we go see a movie together. And uh, we've done that for Independence Day 2. We did that for, uh, maybe even Pacific Rim way back in the day. But we also did it for Suicide Squad. Uh, Yeah. And so afterwards, we were just standing in the lobby, just ripping on it for a long time. And one of the big consensies, consensuses? Uh huh. Consensi. Consensi. Uh, was that it was basically the, like, what was fascinating about the movie and almost should be taught as a class. About filmmaking, yeah, is that it? Like, was it's almost hard to do. But that movie never earned a single moment. Like, not a single one of the comedic beats was earned. Felt earned. None of the dramatic stuff felt earned. And so, like, that led me to the the question of, like, sure, I think you could argue that it was ruined in editing, but that also might have just been a bad movie underneath all the. Oh, I think so. I think it was. We just saw. Less of a bad movie is <laughs> basically what it comes
0: down to. Yeah. I mean, cause even there was things in the trailer that we saw that didn't make the final cut, which
1: I always find strange. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That does happen though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, there so was a like, lot more Leto and. With Zach's was, did Zack Snyder make this one? Is he the director of this one? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think I maybe said that he was or something, or I said that it was Zack Snyder-y. It's Snyder-esque. Snyder-esque. Yeah. But like, that guy also needs to maybe not be allowed to make movies. I agree. I 100 percent agree with that. Um, you know how the like, DC movie yeah.
0: world universe is just not—it's just not kicking any goals as far as I'm concerned. There was maybe 20 minutes of Batman versus Superman that I liked. Yeah, um, I—that's I about it.
1: I thought the tone was cool. Mm. I like the idea that it was the only superhero movie that's like—or maybe I might be wrong about that. About what I'm about to say, <laughs> but you can tell me how wrong I am. It's one of the only superhero movies that was like we killed a lot of innocent people. Like, there's a lot of. Uh Or I guess the, the new Avengers or Civil War. Yeah. Talks about it too. But it's like this is the only movie that you felt the weight of a city being destroyed by superheroes fighting.
0: Yeah. But then- And then they went out of the way to going, now they're fighting on the island. Don't worry, it's completely uninhabited.
1: Yeah. Oh good, it's uninhabited. Which again, like, I don't care about. Just fight for more than eight minutes total in the whole movie. Yeah, in a
0: movie called <coughs> Batman versus Superman. The
1: two of us together, <laughs> fighting. Yeah, that's a lot thing. of
0: things. On the flip side though, I think DC are making really good television shows. Are we talking, uh, can most you bring part? me up to
1: speed because I'm not like as on top of it? Well,
0: you've got The Flash, you've got Supergirl, and Arrow as sort
1: of the oh, three sweet. main And those ones are there. killing it. are not they aren't all three of those doing great. Uh,
0: I mean, Flash is my favorite of the three, which I think sweet. is a pretty solid series. I'm look- looking forward to season three, which i got to get into that very
1: soon. I, I, mainly, because I'm a cord cutter, I mainly consume, uh, whatever Netflix gives me.
0: Sure. So you've done all the Marvel ones then? Yes. I've which, done are all the Marvel ones, which are just, which are also great. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, so from, from that though, What's the what- give me three highlights of Suicide Squad. What are three saving graces from that movie? Oh, see-
1: okay. Even, okay, even
0: if it's just a line of dialogue, a character, just anything that's, the, that's saved. It for I don't you.
1: know how to describe this on the podcast uh, because it's how I I've got to like act it out and, and put it on your website as a GIF or something. But okay, something on. about the way that uh, I forget her name, but like the leader, the badass leader of the whole group, yeah, who has like the cell phone that murders people, mm-hmm. and she hold, and it's like a button she presses to explode their faces. Yeah, and she's holding it. She's downloaded the app. She downloaded the, the app. The Explored kill the bad guy. Kill app. face. Yeah. yeah. She's holding it, like, and her fingers are just sort of, like, over the screen. It's like, you yeah, gotta be careful when you put your thumb, kind uh, of like, ma'am. clutching it like a ray. Of yeah, things. she was What's clutching on? it and showing people that she had it. And it's like, <laughs> holy crap, like, put that in a pelican case or something. Like, yeah. oh, that kills people. Just a loose, loose exploit. Yeah. Pain. So she yep. has this heart ah, yes. of the Enchantress. Yep. In a pelican case. So they they have them. Yeah. But, like, a fancy one with lights. Sure. And it keeps the heart cool or whatever temperature the an Enchantress heart needs to be at. Mm-hmm. And then the Enchantress does something like she escapes in the first act, or whatever she does. She escapes quickly. And then you just go to... and And it cuts to the control room, and it cuts to her watching the Enchantress escape. And she has this sad look on her face like, oh, damn. And then just instinctually... Just grabs a pen from the desk, walks over to the heart, and just goes. <laughs> and just starts stabbing the heart yeah. like a like a two year old having a temper tantrum. Just like, ah, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> oh, start, 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 she really <laughs> was like she's like the Kylo ran with the suicide. Yes, boy. totally. Just yeah. moody and so sad, and just like just stabbing away at this heart. And then the Enchantress is like, ow, 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 this hurts so much, Help brother, me, brother, Help me, brother. And the brother's like, is it cool if I'm ten times badder and stronger than you? <laughs> and she's like, that's fine. Just help me. Yeah, so that was one of my that's moments. One, that's um, one saving grace, sure. The other saving grace would be uh, Margot Robbie. I thought she was like a perfect Harley Quinn. She was great. And people are like, she's over-sexualized, or that's fine because it's the character. And to me, that's like a conversation I I, I believe uh, is well within my grasp to step out of.
0: Yeah, let, sure. Let other
1: people resolve you know, cause that's not my area, like.
0: Yeah, it was a fair portrayal of the character, while at the same time being fairly over-sexualized. Yeah,
1: exactly, and I think- that, Unnecessarily. Like, yeah, and I think there is room for sexualized characters, men and women, but we haven't finished fixing treating all of them sexually. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, what? Once... Equal sexual discrimination like, for everybody. Yeah, let's get there or first. Not at all. Let's get to, to a place where we have tons of badass ladies who aren't being sexually treated, and then you can have a few back. You know, it's yeah. like, let's wait. Let's even it out. Let's even it out. Make then, sure everybody's like can yeah, fuck be. with it. And we're, we've stopped disrespecting people all the time. All right. So like, so I felt like in a way the character was sort of tired, and it's like, yeah, we get it. Like, uh superhero women superheroes don't wear much and are sexy. Yeah. But that is true to the character. True. And I think above all of that, Margot Robbie was still like, yeah, whatever. I'm still gonna be badass. She even said that. She's like, anything that the the guys do, I can do. And in high heels or something like that. And you're like, yeah, okay, fair all enough, right. cool. And that's where I got out of the conversation. Cause that's not my conversation to have. You know totally. what I mean? So it's like. Smart, smart move. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to get stuck saying something stupid. The heck I already have, probably. But <laughs> it's like, so I thought she was a good element of it. And then Will Smith, I think, deserves a spinoff. Yeah. As well. I'd watch, I'd watch a Deadshot I movie. I would watch, and I, if Jared Leo had to be in it, fine, but I'd love a different Joker. Yeah. And, to, and Margot Robbie, and I'd like to see that Origins movie. Sure. And, uh, I'd like to see, uh, a spinoff with, uh, Deadshot. Cool. Because Will Smith.
0: If if anything good can come from Suicide Squad, it will be no more Suicide Suicide, <laughs> suicide movies. Yeah. But maybe just some spin offs.
1: Or maybe yeah, some spin offs, or maybe the old, the good thing that should come from it are the lessons of yeah. like holy crap.
0: Let's learn from D C yes.
1: Learn from this.
0: <laughs> but what I hope they don't learn is that like, oh, we can make heaps of money. It doesn't matter oh, yeah. what we make, which you know is what? what I feel like they're yeah, already that's at. true. They're just like, we can put out anything and people will go to see it, even if it's everyone... Because they want to see how bad it is. But not... That's unlike, why I
1: went. Not unlike No Man's Sky, wasn't there a huge drop off in sales after the weekend? Or oh, was, for sure. But it still had a huge... So they still made enough money. Gross, yeah. Opening
0: yeah. weekend. And I mean, that's why I went to see it. And I sent my... My 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 uh my standard's so low for me this too. movie me too i was like all right let's go i'm ready to see a half a star movie and then i still was disappointed by how bad it was Absolutely. if you haven't seen suicide squad yet honestly don't And that was Peter Carlone there talking about Suicide Squad and why it was so bad. If you want to hear the full-length version of that interview, we're going to put that up on our page on the nomoreradio.com website. So that'll be up just after this episode, the full-length interview, where we talk also his top five bad films of 2016. So check that one out on nomoreradio.com forward slash the cave. Uh, But right now it's time for the segment that you you all just can't shut up about. It's, you gotta give the people what they want, Paul. They're screaming
2: for it. They're it's, literally banging
0: on my door. Yeah, it's time for some not Martin Sheen. Uh, the only thing you have to do is just name some things that are not Martin Sheen. Paul. Yo. If you name Martin Sheen in this list, I'm gonna be pissed at you.
2: Well, it would also show that, like, how much I don't understand the rules of the game because the rules of the game are, what isn't Martin Sheen? And I gotta go straight off the bat and say trees. Trees are not Martin Sheen.
0: 100%. Golf? Whew. Just playing, playing golf, the concept of golf. Yep. Uh, just the word golf, mm-hmm. not Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. 100%. Now, look. Um, obviously. Dick Smith Electronics. Oh, yeah. The now uh, closed down store. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, not Martin Sheen. No. Um, look, he could have one of these, but
2: Krispy Kreme Donuts? Definitely not Martin Sheen. Hell no.
0: Beds? Not Martin Sheen.
2: Oh, yeah. What about a, uh, a hand
0: carved a wooden Horse.
2: What would you say about that?
0: That's extremely close, but not Martin Sheen. Brilliant. Um, Charlie Sheen? Ooh, look, hang on, technicality. Half of
2: mm-hmm. Charlie Sheen is Martin Sheen.
0: Yeah, but still not 100% Martin Sheen. You nailed it. Oh. Whew, you have to be worried it. there again. for a second. <laughs> um, Alright, <laughs> I think we should jump into some questions yeah. uh, from the audience. We ask you guys to challenge us, ask us for a top five list, a topic you want us to talk about, or just ask us a burning question. And we got quite a lot of responses on the Facebook. Uh, you guys can also, anytime you want, send us a question on the Cave Podcast page on Facebook, or hit us up on Twitter at the Cave underscore podcast. Or if you feel like writing something lengthy, you can get us at Cave at nomoradio.com. That's our email address. Because we have one, because we're, we're fancy Princess. We're businessmen. We wear suits. <laughs> uh, Chloe Flockart asks: Puppet versus CGI? The best and worst creature renderings in film. So basically, do we like uh, you know practical effects mm-hmm. or CGI? And the answer is, I like both, but yeah. I definitely prefer puppets well, and and practical effects for me.
2: Yeah, I feel like it. This day and age, it kind of has to be both. Um, the audience kind of expect the spectacle that CGI can give us, but I think when you sure. get close, when you <clears throat> do certain effects, the practical ones feel better to the audience and to the performer. I mean, I mean, the latest Star Wars had that good mixture where you could sort of tell, you could always tell, like, that's real, that's really there. And then, you know, yeah. when the starships are flying, you're like, all right, cool, that's CGI, but that's
0: a cool spectacle. Wait, 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 what? What was that last thing you said? About the spa- the spaceships? Uh, they- they're real. They're real spaceships. Oh, cool, I- yeah, I must've- I must've misheard. Uh, yeah, Force Awakens. A prime example of, like, practical effects being used so well. Especially BB-8, for god's sake. Like, that's an actual thing that's rolling around. Yeah, I've got Ready one in my house. house. It's awesome. <laughs> and then you look at the prequels, which are pretty much all done in a green screen, and yep. it's just like, it just hurts my eyes sometimes. It's just, just so much. Have you seen, have you seen that making of episode one where George
2: Lucas is like standing in front of like a bunch of like hand drawn frames of his movie that are sort of stenciled out and he's just there with a highlighter going, wow, green screen, green screen, green screen. And then he'll like use another highlighter and be like, this can be real.
0: And what he's drawing are the freaking actors. It's like, oh. Oh. oh." (laughs) And even then, even then we had CGI bloody, uh, Obi-Wan at some points Oh, you sound writing Mr. Oh, god damn it. Uh, yeah, so that's a pretty good example. I mean, but you look at like the old, like the Henson movies, like Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. uh, even like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990 with the practical, actual Ninja Turtles there compared to like the Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is pretty much all CGI. Yeah. and just looks like a ton of, a ton of butts.
2: Well, I, I think you're going to agree with me here, Shane. Like, restrictions like force creativity. If you have CGI, you can do any, you can do literally anything you think of. The second you put restrictions on artists, they have to get creative. And that's when you get things like the dark crystal. It's like, okay, we need to create this ethereal world. We don't have these computer technology. How do we do it? And they did it. And it's beautiful. It exists in this real world of like hyper stylized, fantasy, and we accept it, and we move through it, and the audience will always accept it as long as you commit to it. And I really think there should yeah, be more absolutely. control
0: over CGI and more support of practical effects across the board. Because then you have you have the flip side with like a film like uh, Green Lantern, which was already filled with a bunch of problems, but then you have this CGI suit and all these CGI characters that just didn't need to be nope. that. Agreed. They just did it just... Because, uh, and then you look at like the rock <laughs> in like, uh, in the, in the mummy when there's like the CG scorpion king. Oh, that was so bad. Which like at the time we didn't know how bad it was, but seeing how far like graphics have come in that time, it just, oh man, it looks so bad now. That CG eyebrow. Good times. Really, really bad stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's all about, I love practical effects. And then, and when the restrictions of what can be physically done in the real world. Uh, take place and I guess CGI Yeah I'm with you But yeah but then I mean then you have a film Like Toy Story for example Which is an amazing example Of CGI done well when they've done things That couldn't have been done as well in the real world
2: Yeah but they weren't using CGI to boost Their story uh, so Yeah like, They were quite restricted because They're good storytellers they're story crafters
0: That was just the medium they chose To use you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the pro- yeah, for me, the prime example there is 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Michael Bay produced Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: I'd even say Jurassic Park to Jurassic World.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially the same movie, but the practical dinosaurs in the first one. So much better and so much more realistic than the CGI dinosaurs. Even the CGI dinosaurs in
2: Jurassic Park look better than World, which is embarrassing. It's strange,
0: isn't
1: it?
2: It's
0: really strange. Um, alright, we are, we are running out of time, so let's, uh, let's move on to our next question, which I thought was a really interesting one. Uh, Robert Woods asks, what classics are too politically, too politically incorrect to be remade today? So which films from the past? just wouldn't get made today for whatever reason. Uh, um I I had a brief think about this. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know about you, but the one that springs to mind for me is like sort of like one of those sort of screwball comedies from the eighties, something like Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Like you couldn't make that movie, you know, shot for shot, theme for theme. Because there's a lot of stuff in there that's like just not cool anymore. Oh. Or like was never cool but is now really unaccepted as you know. Oh, totally! From
2: memory, Nerds yeah. Three is more or
0: less a porno, anyway. So, a lot of like, a lot of peeping tom stuff, a lot of like switched identities, and essentially kind of quite rapey things that happen in that movie. Yeah,
2: a lot of sexism, a lot of racism, just uh, not a good time. Um, yeah. On that same boat, I was thinking of Song of the South, which is a, a movie that Disney have actually abandoned. You'll never see this one come out of the vault. Oh um, yeah. I don't know if anyone knows it. You can probably find it online somewhere. Um, That's it, the zippity doo movie, the right? The zippity doo movie, yeah, where there's a bluebird on his yeah. shoulder. Uh, but they're basically yeah. glorifying almost slaves, I guess. Uh, yeah. African-American slaves. And it's just... Oh, man. There's no way to remake that unless it's called, like, Song of the South Roots 2.
0: Yeah. Hashtag, we're really sorry. <laughs> Um, it, yeah, it was, it was very much sort of of its time. And even then it was a little bit, uh, a little bit touch and go, especially for a Disney film as well.
2: Yeah, I think like the, they had good intentions, but they were also terrible intentions.
0: Um, yeah, look, uh, we've got more questions, but I think they're going to have to wait for our next episode because we are running out of time. Let's, uh, Plug the Twitter once again. It is the cave underscore podcast. You can find us on as the cave podcast on Facebook and the cave at no more radio is our email. Get in touch with us. Send us your questions. Give us a challenge. Um, and speaking of challenges, Hey Paul. Yeah. Last episode, I gave you a challenge, which was, which was what? I had to
2: go to Vegas, which I was going to anyway. Uh, and try and interview. One of those uh, characters you see on the streets in, like, uh, New York or um, L.A., you know, one of those characters, sort of, um, you know, either like a Transformer or Woody or Buzz or Spider-Man. Yeah, like costumed people on the street. Yeah. Um, turns out in Las Vegas, it's like 40 degrees every day, so they don't have many of those people.
0: So what you're saying is that for this challenge, you get a big fat F.
2: Yeah, but I, I think I got a... I ran an race award... Because I went out there twice looking, and
0: I didn't find any. You certainly tried, but uh, this is the first time we've ever not been able to fulfill our challenge, so I feel like there needs to be some kind of penalty. Oh. Do you agree? Does that seem fair? Uh, can I know what the penalty is first? Uh, yes, but it doesn't mean if you don't like it, you'll get out of it. Great, okay, then I guess I agree. <laughs> so we were talking tattoos before, and I think as your punishment your uh for not being able to do your challenge. Yeah. What I want you to do is does, how does your how does your mother feel about your tattoos, Polly? I think
2: she's come and made peace with it, but I wouldn't say she's ever going to be happy with it.
0: Great. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to hear because what I want to happen is for you to get another f- tattoo, not a real one, just a very convincing fake tattoo. Uh some are very visible uh, and basically I want you to bring in next week the audio recording of your mum finding out about it. <laughs> uh, uh, um the catch the catch is I'm going to design the tattoo for you. Okay. But I'm going to I'm going to give you a choice of two ideas that I have. All right. Uh one one is a is a tattoo of a slot machine, you know sort of sticking with the Vegas thing. Yeah. So it's a an Im, sort of a black and white image of a slot machine but underneath it says slot machine. <laughs> In quite bold text. Yep. Um or you can have a tattoo of Julia Roberts' face that is not gonna be particularly well drawn by me and it just says my best friend's wedding underneath. <sighs> um so you can choose uh right now, I'll design it for you today, and then you've got basically a week to get some audio recording of your mum finding out about your hash uh, you know your in in quotes new tattoo. Can I decide where it goes on my body? Yes, but it, your mother has to see it okay. for sure.
2: Um yeah. I'm going to go with Slut machine just because I don't <laughs> I don't want to have to explain why I have Julia Roberts on my arm.
0: Sure. Um well, I just assumed that your my best friend's wedding is one of your f- favorite films.
2: Oh, look, it's right up there with Pretty Woman and uh Oceans uh 10, 11, 12, 13, yeah. 14, 15 and 16.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're going to go with the, the uh, slot machine, slot machine tattoo. And where are you going to put it? Uh, I might put it on my left uh, forearm, sort of the inside of the forearm. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and just, I'll show it to her there.
0: She'll be really happy. That, I can't wait to see what your mother thinks about this tattoo. Um, and so I think that that continues our challenge for this week. And once you've completed that, then you get to chuck one back my way. Oh, you're going down, son. <laughs> uh paul it's been an absolute pleasure heading back into the cave with you this week as always uh
2: shane and I'm zach i couldn't ask for more to cap off a wonderful birthday thank you buddy for spending some time with me and thanks to all of you out there don't forget hashtag positive tweet tweet at us tweet at your friends we are at the cave underscore podcast uh Thank you all and happy birthday yeah. to everybody else who's listening to this and celebrating a birthday near or far?
0: Yeah, listen to this on your birthday and it'll make sense. And Paul, hey, did you know that the cave podcast is produced in part by no more radio? I did you know that? I, I look I'm happy to know it now. That's right. you can find us uh, at our page which is no more radio. Dot com forward slash show forward slash the cave or just go to No More Radio and look us up. Uh, and No More Radio has lots of other great podcasts just uh, that you can listen to anytime you want. Shut And the you can download door. it to your phone, your tablet, to your whatever and listen to it while you're driving, while you're jogging, while you're sitting down thinking about your life. And one of those podcasts is Dan Smith's Questionable at Best which has just returned. Uh, with some brand new episodes where Deanne Smith, a very funny comedian, sits down with a guest, and they just nut out the answer to one question. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> nut. Uh, also, Confabulation, which is a podcast with all true stories shared by the people that live them, uh, it's an all-true storytelling show that happens in Montreal, Toronto, and now British Columbia as well, as of this week, uh, and they record and put the best of those short stories and true stories up on the website. And you can find them all at nomoradio.com. So that was nomoradio.com? That was nomoradio.com. I'd go there. (laughs) All right, until next week, this is uh,
2: Shane Anamzak signing out. This is Paul Krabbevac saying cowablunga. (laughs)
0: Cowablunga. Bye.
2: 99 out of a 100 times, kid goes missing. The kid is with a parent or relative.
0: What about the other time?